Okay, where was that? So when I played, back when I was in high school, I played basketball, right? Some of y'all heard this story. I'm sorry. I know I had to keep hearing the same story, but it's a good story. I promise it's a good one. So I played basketball, right? And so I played for uh, real in the high school. And um, so, uh, and, and Pastor can kind of, can be my witness on this. Um, we weren't the best team skills-wise, but we had some skilled players. We had some people who could play. Um, but our primary issue uh, was the fact that a lot of times we would go out on the court and everybody would be playing for their own stats. All right, does that sound right? And so, <clears throat> so here we are, this team, wearing the same uniform, wearing the same warm-ups, playing under the same banner, real into high school with the real into Knights. Um, and we had a, a, well, let me just put it this way. When I was in high school, out of what, probably about 70 games that I played throughout the course of three seasons, I think we won 11. Okay, that's pretty bad, okay? So again, the issue wasn't necessarily talent, but the issue was the fact that we were out on the court playing on the, on the same team, wearing the same jerseys, playing on the same banner, but we're all going for our own, our own stats, our own situation. We wanted to dictate how the game would go. So what ended up happening was we had a situation where we literally got pushing matches and fights on the court. I mean, the same team. Pushing matches and fights on the same court. We would argue with the coach on the bench. We would get in fights and pushing matches and stuff like that on the, on the bench. We had players who literally would walk out of the gym during the game, right off the court. And so, uh, Needless to say, we didn't win very many games. And the reason that we didn't win very, very many games is that although we played under the same banner, we played for the same team, although we were one in the, in, in the idea that we played for the same team, uh, we didn't play together. We didn't play as one. We didn't play united. We, didn't, we weren't in unity, right? So you were in the same uniform, but not operating in unity. And so because of that fact, we didn't win uh, very many, many games, right? Um, and so what we find out is in the book of Ephesians, I'm going to summarize to get to, my, to where I'm going is in uh, around chapter number two, uh, Paul writes and he lets, the, uh, lets them know, he says, okay, at one point, you guys were separate. You guys were Jew and Gentile. You guys were separate, right? So Jews didn't deal with Gentiles. Gentiles didn't deal with Jews. Jews called Gentiles dogs. They didn't mess with each other, okay? Um, Gentile is simply a non-Jew. But he says now, but since now you believe in Jesus Christ, you guys are now all a part of the same family. So that naturally brings together, brings some conflict. I mean, that's kind of our situation, right? We come from different walks of life. We come from different, uh, different backgrounds, different traditions, different families, different ideas, different perspectives on things. We have different personalities. But then we come together and be a part of the same local body. And we're supposed to work together in unity. Right? And so just imagine then two different groups of people who had no deals with one another. But now all of a sudden they say, okay, now we're a part of the same family. So, so Paul says to them, okay, so you guys used to be divided, but now you're together. You're one family, so you guys now have to, have to be together. That's the call of the believer. The believer, so now that we're part of the same family, we're all, we're all one. We're all a part of God's family. We're all his children. We're all a part of the body of Christ, right? And so we're one in the body of Christ, but now the issue is, is now that we have to start being what we already are. Okay, we were all on the same team. I, went, I was playing on real and nice. We were one, all on the same team now. But now that we're a part of the same team, we had the responsibility to go out on the court and to play together as if we're on the same team. And so naturally there comes a conflict, but he says, look, you guys used to be separate. You're not separate no more. You guys are all a part of the same family. You guys, all, you guys, are, you guys are, are one. <clears throat> and so... Uh, as we continue to, to read, we find out 
that, so they, again, they were separate, both Jew and Gentile, but now that they're together, they're part of the same family, and in being part of the same family, they now have rights to the same inheritance. All right. So then today we get to uh, chapter number four, and I'm, I promise we'll get to where I'm going to. In uh, chapter four, verse, uh, verse one, and you know what? That's what we'll read. We'll read Ephesians chapter number four. And we're going to start at verse one, and I'm going to read to verse six. You can hold your seats. get to the page. All right, here's what it says. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 1. And it says this. This is Paul writing. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. All right, so I'm just going to talk about unity a little bit. <clears throat> and then so, in, in, again, going back to chapter 2, so then Paul says to them, so now you're a part of the same family, you're one you have the responsibility of becoming one, of being one. And then towards the end of chapter number two, he says that now you all are basically, you're all a part of the same building. So if you read, it says that, it says that, uh, it talks about the, 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 um, the uh, goodness gracious, the uh, foundation, the foundation, and then it talks about the chief cornerstone. Now, what we find about the chief cornerstone is that the chief cornerstone is Jesus. Matter of fact, the chief corner, I mean, the foundation is Jesus as well. So it's about the chief cornerstone, and we found out this about the chief cornerstone, is that the cornerstone was in place, and its job was to hold together the walls and keep them stable. Right? So the picture is of a building. Right? So imagine a building. You have the cornerstone, and you have all, it's a stone building that's made of all of, of all these varying stones, varying sizes, varying shapes, but they're all placed together meticulously in order to, to, order to, uh, to create this structure. And that's what he says. That's basically what you are. Now, he says, you Jews and Gentiles, now you're all a part of the same building. You're like your stones. And your stones that God has taken, he's meticulously play, put in place to make the walls come together. But you're held together and held stable by the chief cornerstone. Now, <clears throat> here's the thing. Uh, it's important to know well, a couple things. Thing number one is, Based off this illustration, every individual who's a part of the church or a part of the, the universal church is necessary and is important. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So now I know when you come into church, you see, you know, you have some people who they, they, they preach, you have people who teach, you have people who sing, you have people who wait on the door, you have people who serve as a nurse, you have people who serve in the deacon board, you have the deaconess, you have all these positions that you think are, are positions that are, that are prominent, they're, they're a big deal, like they're there's something important, there's something special. And it's like, well, how do I fit in? Like, what, where do I fit? What's so good about me and stuff like that? But what we find out is, is the fact that every individual who was a part of the building or who's a part of the body or who's a part of the family is important and has purpose. So no, you may not uh, be able to, I, you know, I, I pastor 
is, a, is an awesome preacher and he, he's an awesome singer and he, and he hoops, right? You know, and me, I try to say, you know, my little lesson and I, and I, and I blow it. And, you know, I wish I could, I could hoop. I wish I could sing like, like Pastor can. But the, but the thing is, is that although Pastor is gifted the way he's gifted and I am the way that I am, I'm no less important to the body. So somebody, okay, so, so yeah, so somebody uh, uh, made, so Sister Walton is an awesome, great and awesome teacher, but that doesn't mean that uh, Sister Sharon, who serves in cleaning the, cleaning the building, is any less important. We're all important to the body. We're all important. We're all needed. We're all necessary for the body. Okay, we'll do it like this. Uh, and we talked about this today. Um, so imagine this, right? So, you know, the major parts of the body is, you know, you have the hand. You have the fingers, you have the legs, you have the arms, you know, you have the heart, you have the ears, you have the eyes, you have the mouth, the nose, right? All the major parts of the body. Uh, <clears throat> and I know those all, you know, are, are, are significant parts. Um, but have you ever considered a nose hair? So here's what I found about the nose hairs. Although they like, they, they nasty, you know, you don't want them sticking out your nose. You know, they're pretty gross and all that. They're important to the body, right? So what I found about the nose hair is that the nose hair, so as we're walking around and we're, ble- we're breathing, we're constantly breathing in mold spores and we're breathing in pet dander, and we're breathing in dust and all those things and we're constantly breathing them in. They're in the air right now. And, and so what I found out is that those nose hairs, what their job to do is they're actually, their job is to actually catch a lot of those, that dust and that mold and stuff like that so it's getting to our system, right? So now, although I, we know that the nose is important and the eyes are important and the ears are important and the mouth is important and the hands are important and the legs are important and the feet are important and the nose, you know, the toes are important. Also, but I found out that the nose hairs are important too, because if it wasn't for the nose hairs being in place, then there would be all kinds of all kinds of, uh, of toxins and, and allergies that would get into my system. But the nose hair stops and sweeps them so that they can't get into my system, right? So basically, what I'm saying is this. Uh, and this, and I'll move on, is that although you may not be a, a hand <clears throat> or a finger or a, or a foot or a toe or a leg or an eye or a lip or, a, or an ear, if you're just a nose hair, we thank God for the nose hair because without the nose hair, then the, then the toxins will get into the body. So all I'm saying is that everybody, no matter what position you play or no matter what you do in the church, you're important to the body. We're all needed. We're all needed. You're all needed. You're all needed. All right. <clears throat> so again, and then so we talked about the body, but then you also look at the building, right? So like I said, the building is like a, it's like a, it's like a building made of stones, and the stones are picked up, and they are different, different shapes and sizes, but they're meticulously placed so that everything fits, and it makes, it, makes a wall come together. Because that's how we are. We're, we're different. You know, we come from different backgrounds. We have different ideas. We have different skills. We have different gifts. And so we're all, we're all different. We're not all the same. So I picture a building made of all kinds of varying size and shapes of, of, of stones, but they're meticulously placed by God to build this structure. But now, again, everybody's important. So could you imagine that stone building made of all these meticulously placed uh, um, uh, stones that are placed to make this one complete wall, and then you take one of the stones out of the wall. Now the building is no longer as stable as it once was. That's how imperative and how important you are to the building. It's because if you just remove you as a stone from the building, it's not as stable and it's not as strong as it would, would be. You know what I'm saying? Now, we thank God for the cornerstone who holds the, holds the walls together. All right. <clears throat> so that's chapter two. So we're all, we're all important. We're all needed. We're all necessary. Uh, actually, let me back up. Chapter number one. In chapter number one, it lets us know that we've all been adopted. It talks about the fact that, okay, Gentiles, you used to be, you know, 
you they had no connection. You had no part in the in the inheritance. You had no part in the uh, in the covenants of, of old. But now you've been you've been adopted. You've been adopted. What I found out when when Paul writes that, uh, according to my studies, when he writes that, he's actually painting a picture of, of Roman culture. And so the, the the image is this: in that culture, you know how it is when you right now when you uh, you know if you go and you adopt a child, you know the child comes in, you know comes into your home. And then, you know, you're trying to, to raise a child as if they're your, your own. But in that culture, what would happen is if that somebody adopted an individual that was outside of the family, at the time that they're adopted, they're brought completely into the family. They relinquish all ties to the former family. And now they're fully pulled in and made a part of the family to the point that they have an equal share in the inheritance just as if they were part of the bloodline. And that's the picture that is painted when it talks about the fact that now we are, we've, been, we've been adopted. We've been adopted. So now, so now we, all the, the former family were cut off from the former family and were fully pulled in and made a part of, the, of this family, the family of God. We're, children, we're God's children. And because of the fact that we're fully a part of the family, although by the fact that we don't have the, 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 the blood, we have the, the blood in it, we have the blood on us. And so we're now made a part of, of the family, so we have a right to the same inheritance. All right, now here we go. Unity. So that, there's a picture. So they're all, we're adopted under the same family. Jew and Gentile, adopted in the same family, have right to the same inheritance. Each person who makes a part of the building and a part of the body is important. It's imperative, right? Um, and so now, in chapter number four, he says, now that we know this, you have the responsibility of keeping and endeavoring, verse three says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. One of the hard lessons that I had to come to grips with is the fact that, number one, Peace takes effort. Maintaining the peace takes effort. It says you have to in, in, endeavor to keep the unity. You have to in, endeavor for it. So I was, you know, I, I used to read the scripture. You know, it talks about the uh, what it say. Blessed are the the peacemakers. What it say? This say because they they be called the children of God. That's it, right? Okay, cool. So blessed are the peacemakers. And so my uh, belief was that. If there was some kind of, like if I had a conflict with somebody, let me, okay, let me do it like this. Let me pick on some. I'll pick on Paul because Paul don't mind me picking on. So if I have a, a conflict with Paul, me and Paul have an issue, right? Bless, you know, I would use that scripture and I would say, so since Paul has the issue, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay back until Paul is cool and then we can have peace again. So, all right, so that's what I'll do. So I'm just going to fall back until, you know, and then once Paul is cool, then we cool and everything's going to be cool again. That's how you make a, that's how you're a peacemaker. But what I, what I found out in my little years of living is that, no, that peace, it takes, basically it takes conflict in order to make peace. It takes, it takes conflict to make peace. We have to, it takes conference, I'm sorry, not, it takes confrontation to make peace. That's a good one. So we as the believers have the responsibility if there's an issue, if there's some kind of skirmish, if there's a disagreement, if there's some kind of uh, division between us and our, and, and, our, and our brother or sister in Christ, we have the responsibility to, to go and be a peacemaker. So that doesn't mean you stand back and wait until everything seems like it's cool and then, you know, you know that doesn't mean that we, you know, it means you actually have to go and confront the situation and deal with the issue so that way we can make Peace. God's desire for us is that we, so we're already one, but he says now that you're one, you need to act like you're one. 
So you, gotta, you have to endeavor to make peace. No, it's not comfortable. <laughs> no, it's not fun. Sometimes it's going to be some, uh, some passionate conversations, but it's necessary. You know, sometimes it's going to be some tense moments, but it's necessary. Because peace doesn't just happen. Peace has to be made. Okay, so, so here we say, he, Paul says, he says, I beseech you, the, I therefore the prison of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. And so I always like to take, I like verse two because uh, verse two I think is some keys for us to be able to, uh, to maintain some unity, right? It says, uh, with all lowliness, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Right, so, some, so with us dealing with one another, Remember, so now we're all part of the same family. We're one. We have to act like we one, right? And so we have to deal with each other, each other in these ways, with lowliness, with meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. When we deal with one another, there has to be, some, there has to be humility. Now, let's go back. Let's, get, let's paint the picture. So you have Jew and Gentile who are now a part of the same body. The Jews, you say, I don't fool with those Gentiles. They're, they're, they're dogs. they they're heathens, they're, they're pagans, they're, they're gods, ain't nothing. We, church, we serve the one true God. We're God's truly cho chosen people. Well, I don't deal with them. But now we're dealing with one another. And now, so although that's how we used to feel, now we have to deal with each other with, with humility. Amen. We have to deal with each other with humility. Um, then also says, uh, also with uh, uh, long-suffering, patience. Um, how can I say this? Uh, pardon me, honey. Um, I do it this way. Uh, I thank God that my wife is long-suffering when it comes to me. I mean, hopefully, hopefully she'll continue to be long-suffering, but she's long-suffering, right? Because, because me and her are not the same. Again, we come from two different walks of life. We come from two different families. We have two different backgrounds. We was raised two different ways, right? But then once we said, I do, now we come together. Now we have to, get, we have to operate as, we have to be one, right? <clears throat> and so in order for us to, to, uh, to continue to be one, we then have to be patient with one another. So naturally, I would like my wife to believe and think and do things as I think they should be done. Just as my wife would love to think and believe and do, that I would believe and think and do things the way that she thinks she'd be done. Only problem with is that's not how it works. I have my own perspective, my own way of doing things, my own ways that I think is right. She has her own way of doing things, her own perspective, and her own ways of doing things, how things, you know, things that should be done and how they're right, right? And so we have to then, in dealing with each other, with each other we have to be patient. We have to be patient. The same thing is true as we as believers. We all come from different areas, from different places. We have different ways of thinking. We have different perspectives. We have different skills. We have different gifts. We have, but we, yet we're supposed to come together and, and, be, and be one. Um, we have different levels of, uh, um, of biblical knowledge. We have different levels. You know what I'm saying? Some of us have been on this, on, this, on this Christian road for longer than others, right? Some of us have, are more indoctrinated. You know, we have more of, the, no more of the church tradition than others do. But yet we're supposed to come together and work together, right? And so that's why it's imperative that when we deal with each other, we have to deal with each other in patience. We have to deal with each other with, with patience. 
We're not on the, we may not be on the same level. We may not think the same way. We have different perspectives, but we still have to deal with each other in patience so that we can do what? Maintain the unity. <clears throat> it says, and then the text says, forbearing one another in love. That forbearing thing, it, that when I looked at that word, that word is, was pretty powerful to me. When it talks about forbearing, the picture is kind of this, is that we uphold one another in love. We uphold one another in love. <clears throat> one thing that I, I believe this to be true because me and Brother Gorman are, are, are very good friends. I consider him one of my closest friends is that I believe that when things get rough and things get tough and life gets hard and sometimes I get weak, I can lean on him and, and he'll help to, to kind of prop me and hold me up. And I hope he believes the same, the same of me. Um, so the picture is, and this is this, so the, the, what Paul is saying, he says this to every believer. Every believer, this is how you should deal with one another. The responsibility is you as an, as an individual. You're, you as an individual are required, you're, you're, um, you're supposed to uh, maintain the peace. You as an individual have to work towards this oneness, right? And so the picture is, is that each person as a believer would hold another person up. So I'm weak, and I lean on Brother Paul. Brother Paul's weak, so he can lean on Pastor. And then Pastor's weak, he can lean on Brother Martin. And then Brother Martin's weak, and he can lean on Brother Vincent. And then Brother Vincent is weak, and he can lean on Brother Lowe. And Brother Lowe is weak, he can lean on Brother Campbell. But yet we're all, although we're weak, now we're all upheld. We're holding each other, each other up. You know what I'm saying? Hold one another up in love. Okay. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. It takes effort. We have to work at it. And I like what it says. It says you keep the unity of the spirit and the bonds that which hold together, holds the unity together is peace. So we have to, we have to, we have to make peace. Why? Because there's only, there's only, there's one body. There's only one body. We're all a part of the same body. There's no separation. We're all a part of the, the same body. I'll do it like this. Um, so we already talked about the importance of each part, right? But let me ask you this. Have you ever kind of been walking, maybe a, 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 you know, a breeze blows in your face, and all of a sudden something gets blown in your eye? What do you usually do? Hmm? Try to get it out. But, but does your progress, do you keep walking? For, so for me, you just something get blown. You know, so something blows in your eye, and all of a sudden I gotta stop, and it's just like, you know, you're doing all that, and your eyes start watering, and then, you know, you're in pain, you can't see, and all that. You know, because as soon as, now that the eye is, is you know, the, something's flown into the eye, now the whole body can't function. The whole body is concerned. Here it is. Once the dust goes in the eye, the whole body is concerned with, okay, we gotta get that dust out the eye. The whole body's concerned with that dust getting out that eye. Because why? Because we can't make progress unless that dust is out of that eye. You ever had somebody step on your, step on your toe? And you, you know, the, the funny thing about when somebody steps on your toe, you hit your toe on something, is that the pain doesn't hit you immediately. You ever like hit yourself and it's just like, do you take another step and all of a sudden it's just like, 
that whole thing, you know, <laughs> you almost fall out, right? And the whole body has a reaction because the toe has been stopped, been stepped on, or has been stubbed. The whole body has, has a reaction. So that's why this oneness is important because of the fact that if one, one part of the body is affected, then the whole body has a problem. Now, <clears throat> and I know, you know, you think that, okay, you think, talk about like, you know, broken, broken finger, that hurts, you know, broken arm, that hurts, you know, the, uh, you know, knee messed up, the back messed up, you know, things like that. But here's how, this is how, and when you think about the human body, all it takes is one cell to be messed up. And then to start to multiply. And you got it, one cell. And then it starts to multiply, and the whole body has an issue. That's how important each part is, and that's how important the body is. That's why we have to have peace. We're one. We're one a part of the same body. There's only one body. And we have the responsibility to work together as a part of the one body for the cause of Christ. So yeah, you may not preach, you may not teach, you may not sing, you may not be an eye, you may not be the nose, you may not be uh, the foot, maybe you're just an eyelash or a nose hair. But we just talked about if them eyelashes or the nose hairs are gone, you're in a, big, and you're in a whole lot of pain and in a whole lot of trouble. There's only one body. We need one another. We need one another. And my hope is, and my prayer is, for myself, is that I would strive to be a committee of one to work towards being one. It's the responsibility of us all as individuals. It's not on pastor to make us one. It's on us to be one. It's not on pastor to make peace. It's on us to make peace. Because we're all a part of the same body. Wall apart the same building. We're one. There's only one body, one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. There's only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and he's in you all. We're one. Whether we like it or not, we're one. Some may have more money than others. Some may have more education. Some may have a bigger house, a nicer car. But we're one. Check this out. 
And so in spite of our status, our socioeconomic status, all those things that's concerning when you get out into the world, regardless of all that, when we come in, we're as a part of this body, we all have equal importance. So we can no longer function as if we're the if we uh, if we're the only one or the, we're the most important or the you know and all that. No, we're we're one. We all need each other. So this and I'm done. As we prepare to exit 2022 and we get ready to go to 2023, let's strive to make peace. Let's strive to be one. I believe one of the reasons why uh, we end up having skirmishes and divisions and things like that in the church is because the enemy knows the capability of the church when we come together and work in unity as one. The enemy knows that will cause havoc in his little kingdom when we come together and work together as one. So let's strive to work together to be one. Let's be in unity. Let's make, let's make peace. Let's endeavor for peace. Let's treat each other with humility. Let's emphasize ourselves, let's start emphasizing each other more. Let's be patient with one another. And let's hold each other up. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who hung, bled, and died on the cross for our sin. Lord God, we thank you that in our accepting Jesus Christ as personal Savior, that we are now a part of your family. We're your children. Lord God, we thank you that he didn't stay dead from the third day morning he got up with all power in heaven and earth in his hand. Lord God, we thank you that you've made us one. But now, Lord, we ask you that you please help us that we will strive to be what we already are. Help us to be one. Help us to make peace if there's situations and areas where we need to make peace. Lord God, please give us an open mind and understanding ears and an open heart when somebody comes and strives to make peace with us. Let us not be hard-hearted, but be receptive. Lord God, help us that we'll be able to sit and have a conversation and get clarity, get understanding, and then restore one another. Lord God, help us that we would live and be meek and humble, that we'd be patient with one another. Lord God, please help us that we would hold each other up. Lord God, please help us that we would realize how important we are as individuals to the body. How important even our, our gifts, although we may sometimes see and, and think that they're insignificant, Lord God, that they are significant. Why? Because you gave them to us. You gave them to us for a purpose, and that was the upbuilding of your kingdom and, for the, and to the, for the benefit of the body. Lord God, help us to be one. And as we strive to be one, Lord, we know that the enemy is going to come. 
So, Lord God, help us that we will be able to use discernment and realize that the issue is not the person, but it's the enemy. And then we'll, in like matter, still in strive to keep the peace and maintain unity. And Lord God, we thank you in advance for what we know you'll do if we're all beginning to become one. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.